This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 173 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Security professionals at institutions of higher education face a broad spectrum of challenges, from protecting the internal networks of their organizations to securing intellectual property of research groups to protecting the personal information of thousands of students and staff every year. Our guest is Bob Turner, Chief Information Security Officer and Director of the Office of Cybersecurity at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He shares insights from his experience leading a team of professionals and students who are tasked with protecting a wide variety of information and systems. Stay with us. I started out uh, my professional career uh, 15 days after my 18th birthday where I went to uh, Navy boot camp uh, and I ended up in the submarine force as a radioman. Uh, radioman in the submarine force are, are the information security experts. Uh, we had all the files and we had the transmission media, the crypto and all of that kind of stuff. And, and you know, we were very happy on my submarine that we had the satellite channel that uh, transmitted at 2400 baud. <laughs> How decadent. <laughs> Ooh, we were smoking fast back then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so so that's my, my foundation in, in security is really back there in those days. And I, I um, uh, 23 years later, I decided not to make the Navy a career. Uh, and uh, I had actually done a lot of really fun stuff in the military uh, I was on two submarines. I got to teach at the submarine school. Then I went to the uh, surface uh, world as a uh, communications officer. Uh, and I, I had two, uh, two large deck uh, amphibious platforms where I was a communications officer department head on, uh, as well as uh, uh, tested satellites, which was fun. Um, I deployed a um, mobile communications van and all of the security that goes with that. Uh, to Operation Desert Shield, uh, and then I deployed on one of those big deck carriers in Operation Desert Storm. Um, following that, I got to do um, interesting testing of, of satellite systems, and then uh, I got six years, two different tours, uh, managing um, high-visibility executive communications outfits for uh, NATO and the U.S. Navy. So, you know, security has already always been woven in and out of everything we do. Um, you know, my entire career and, you know, getting into the, the world of uh, information security in the cyber age, you know, that really started uh, as I was testing that satellite. Uh, and this was back in the mid nineties in a lot of what I did following that. I was a consultant with a, uh, one of the major consulting firms in the uh, not only defense industry, but commercial practice. Um, I, I mainly focused on cybersecurity as my, my stock and trade. We did, uh, I had a team that did um, risk assessments. I had a team that was uh, uh, doing uh, cybersecurity inspections. Um, and we also did some interesting stuff for, for um, a couple of agencies um, uh, and, and other uh, activities focused on understanding uh, you know, the, the, the executive question, what do I do in a cybersecurity event? Hmm. And, uh, and so that, uh, that really has shaped my, uh, my career desires. And then, um, 
about six years ago, I said, gee, I want to do something different. And the opportunity to um, be uh, a higher education CISO appealed to me because, hey, they they get a chance to think about it uh, and do it right the first time. Whereas in government contracting, there's always somebody willing to pay you to do it over again. And mm-hmm. and here I am today, five year, five and a half years later, um, at a top research university with a a um, growing cybersecurity team. Uh, I have about sixty folks on staff, uh, which includes um, uh, twenty or so student workers who come in and help us run our security operations center, uh, do a little bit of our uh, uh, secure database access authorization work, uh, as well as help in our risk management and compliance uh, uh, area. Can you give us a sort of a, a, an overview of, of the types of things that uh, that fall under your charge? I mean, what, what's the breadth of responsibilities that you and your team have there at the University of Wisconsin-Madison? Well, so um, I am the official designated to be in charge of cybersecurity at the university, um, which means that uh, I get to report to the UW system level. Um, the University of Wisconsin constellation of campuses uh, includes uh, 13 um, four-year institutions, two of which are also doctoral granting institutions. Uh, and then we have another uh, 13 two-year institutions, which are all spread throughout the state. So that's, that's a pretty, uh, pretty significant grouping. Uh, now, the two-year institutions a couple of years ago were realigned, so they each report to one of the four-year institutions. Uh, and Madison itself also uh, handles the uh, Wisconsin Public Radio as well as uh, what they call extension campuses and uh, or extension offices, I'm sorry, uh, and then some other research stations throughout the state. So it, it's pretty large overall. Madison has uh, 44,000 students on average uh, per year. Uh, we have 23,000 staff. But when you take vendors, affiliates, and and uh, you know other users of our network, I'm probably in the seventy thousand user range for our services. Now, what is it like? You know, every year you have a, a new batch of of students coming on board, and and they all want to connect to your network. I mean, what's the what, what's the reality of that situation from a security point of view? Um, it is a lot of prep work over the summertime, a lot of, you know, repair and refine and, and, uh, you know, replace things that aren't doing well. And then when, uh, you know, we get about two weeks out from, uh, classes starting, uh, which this year is September 2nd. So we're kind of in that zone right now. Uh, that's when we're making sure that everything is working, uh, in it, in its optimum, um, capacity and, and capability. Uh, following that, it's, you know, let's continue planning for whatever is going to happen next. You know, uh, uh, we started the spring term uh, or winter spring term in, in uh, January this past year, and nobody anticipated COVID. Mm. You know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm sure that there, there was some anticipation because the, the fun part of that is we actually did a pandemic tabletop exercise in the, uh, the Division of Information Technology, which is the central uh, unit on campus. Uh, we did that pat uh, the fall of 2019, so we had already kind of worked through some of the, you know, the the communications challenges and the organizational challenges. So when it came time to do uh, the transition from online or from in-person courses to online courses, we were able to do that in very short time, and that included transitioning 3,700 
core courses from in-person delivery to online delivery. So that really served you well. Yeah, and, and it was the preparation time and it was the understanding uh, of what we would need to do. Uh, and it was also, you know, checking those channels, you know. Um, I've done some business continuity work in my, in my past and, and a business continuity plan that is never exercised is not a plan. It's a bunch of stuff on paper. So so we were able to to walk through and validate that. Um, and that's the kind of work we do during the school year. You know, we take our, uh, you know, kind of um, slow down periods. So beginning of summer, you know, everybody takes a deep breath and then we exhale and get back to work. You know, um, uh, sometime during the summer, you know, I like to encourage my my team to have a little bit of time off. But when September goes in and the students arrive, we, we try to work really hard uh, to get them through. And then we take our break at, at the winter holidays. What, what kinds of things are, are you and your team defending against? Who, who's, who's coming at your network? You know, it's, it's the usual uh, array of threat actors. Um, you know, think about the things that research is doing. Um, you know, we're, we're doing... Uh, a lot of research in the area of COVID right now. And that's just, we, we have the capability, we have the expertise, we have the, the researchers that want to do that. But we also have a school of medicine and public health. We also have a school of nursing and a school of pharmacy. So healthcare education is important, and that has just the treasure trove of highly valuable uh, information in it. But we do engineering work, and some of that work is, is you know, patentable work, so that's probably attractive. Um, we do uh, a lot of uh, business-influenced work. Um, we have a data science institute, um, which is trying to figure out the, the better ways to understand, you know, the, the, the magic acronyms of uh, AI and ML, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Um, and and that's, that's attractive information. Not only that, 44,000 students, 23,000 staff, that's a treasure trove of marketable information. You know, I, I always wonder, you know, someone in a, in a situation like yours where um, certainly you're going to have some students and I'm thinking of, oh, I don't know, folks in computer science and those sorts of places who are going to look at, you know, the, the campus system or the university system as, uh, you know, their own personal playground. They're, that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to want to test their own skills against yours I mean, is that an, an annual thing? And, and how do you how do you how do you not be uh, adversarial? How do you support uh, you know the, the educational aspects of of those students uh, while still keeping things up and running? What's your approach to those sorts of things? Well, so first we uh, we are establishing some really good partnerships with uh, with the academy, with uh, the, uh, the professors and researchers that are interested in in studying the cybersecurity arts and sciences. Um, we've had a, a, a relationship with the information school, uh, which is um, they're they're part of the College of Letters and Sciences, uh, and now they're part of what's been amalgamized as the the uh, School of Computing, uh, Data, uh, and Information Studies, so CDIS. In in uh, in doing that, I mean the partnership is if it's data and if it's doing things, if it's you know working or resting or or if it's uh, needing to be analyzed, we have people that are very much interested in that. So I've had my, my uh, department be intentional about establishing those greater relationships. 
Uh, we have, um, you know, researchers doing anything from identity access uh, management research to uh, data analytics um, to uh, cybersecurity metrics. Um, and then we have others on campus that are, are doing great work in high throughput uh, computing, uh, great work in, in uh, you know, engineering the, the next greatest, uh, um, you know, computer technologies um, and, you know, other side trips. We, had, uh, we ha- have a researcher that is working on autonomous vehicle uh, hmm. research, you know, and, and there's an awful lot of cyber in there, too. So um, having those kind of relationships is the, the real multiplier here. And this is not unusual, uh, by the way, for university. This is nothing super special we're doing. It's just that, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, cybersecurity programs out there where they're, you know, NSA certified, uh, Center for Academic Excellence certified. And, and we're going to get there eventually, I believe. Um, but right now we're, we're just supporting the, the researchers and, and uh, the courses that are being taught. So I myself have uh, been a guest lecturer in a, you know, one of the business school courses that has an information security uh, course as part of its core. Mm. Uh, that's been fun. I, I enjoy doing that. I did a little bit of that uh, uh, as an adjunct um, at uh, university prior to my coming here. What about threat intelligence? How, how, what part does that play in your organization's defenses? How, how do you how do you ingest those sorts of uh, threat intelligence feeds? Um, you know, so three ways actually. Um, so we have tools that we have on board, and they come with threat intelligence indicators of compromise. Uh, what we call conditions of weirdness. Cow. That's Wisconsin. It kind of fits. <laughs> um, we get the indicators across, and that's an intel source uh, for us. In getting that machine intel, so machine-to-machine transfer, um, we, we, we get a lot of really good data. But we also have services, um, uh, for example, you know, we, we have a, a CyberWire uh, subscription, of, of in, and we get the, the daily report from them. We also get some other uh, contract services uh, daily reports, uh, maybe a different flavor of intel, um, but it, it is useful, especially when it comes with, you know, the aforementioned indicators of compromise or, you know, uh, uh, vulnerability identification um, information. Uh, and then, you know, we have subscriptions uh, with uh, the InfraGuard organization. We have the Research and Education Network's uh, Information Sharing and uh, Analysis Center, the ISAC. Um, we have Big Ten Academic Alliance relationships where we are sharing uh, data. We have a, a CIFS architecture that is has been used. You know, I, I learned a long time ago that it, you know you're never going to have enough intel, uh, but you have to have a way to to process the intel you do have. Uh, my desire and concern for my team is to make sure that they have all the intel they need. We do have a regular routine. Um, we run a playbook every day. Uh, and among the things in that playbook is is analysis of the, the intel that we have coming in from all those sources. And usually what we're able to do is pick out a couple that are relevant to the university. And then, you know, if the information is worth uh, sharing with the rest of the university, we'll do that. We'll also share with uh, others that we have data sharing agreements with. What What is your own leadership style? How, how do you go about, um, you know, heading up your team? I do not have the skills I once had, <laughs> so <laughs> I really depend on the team, and I like to empower the the team as a whole to do great and wonderful things. 
Uh, I am I am gifted with three absolutely superior assistant directors, um, and and they are are all mission focused. Uh, they are all um, understanding that you know this is an important business for the university, and and all of them have um, you know independently have some skills that I would just not want to do this job without. I have a I have a deputy who has been with the university for you know twenty some odd years. Uh, and has been in the information security team the whole time. He was pretty much one of the first that was hired specifically for his information security skills. Uh, and he's he's currently my deputy. Um, we we just kind of uh, anointed him that in the earlier part of the year when a, another one of my directors left to become a CIO. And the other two directors are are both uh, you know seasoned professionals in the IT business as, as well as uh, you know having experience in security and. And they're just they're running three major domains. So we have a risk management, compliance, and security engineering domain that has one of those assistant directors. Uh, that's the group that are doing the risk analysis. So we do a NIST modeled uh, analysis framework. Um, we we assess um, applications before they're purchased when we know about them, um, and we have you know uh, a regular process for understanding risk. And I I, I think the the, the program that has that is going to be a whole lot better off. Yeah, that's the start of your risk register. And then you throw in the next domain, which is our cybersecurity operations center domain. And that really has two teams in it. One is specifically incident response, uh, forensics, and, and you know running the daily business. And the other is we call them testing and cyber defense. And their real mission is vulnerability management. So they, they run the scanning tools. They run the the uh, security tools that are focusing on the business endpoint management endpoint security um, type tools are the things that they worry about. And, and they also do um, penetration testing. They do, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, of uh, defensive information operations. Um, you know, we haven't quite gotten the, uh, the, uh, the offensive side of it uh, down because there's some real interesting legal twists in that, but the, uh, but we're, we're trying to be that full service operational area. And the last uh, major domain is what we call common systems cybersecurity, which is the um, our ERP systems, uh, um, HR information, student information, uh, financial uh, transactions that go on. And, and we do it for um, the university system as a whole, as well as focus on the, the things that are going on on campus. You know, every one of those systems needs to have somebody watching out after access control, access management, and so that's a feature of that group as well. You, know, you mentioned that um, as part of your team, you bring on um, students every year. Um, how important is that to you, to be able to be in that mentoring position to, to help nurture that next generation of cybersecurity pros? Yeah, I, I think that's always been a draw of mine is to make sure that we're we're – growing and evolving, not only the current staff, which we have some interesting ways to do that, uh, but also it's, I don't know what the latest numbers are, but you know, there's, there's a lot of unfilled positions because there just is not a strong enough pipeline, you know, supply chain to, to provide those experts. And, you know, we, we graduate a handful per year. And, and if they've been with us for, you know, three to four years of their uh, college experience, um, you know, they're coming out with a computer science degree from the number 11 computer science program in the nation. Um, how much would you pay for that person if you knew they also had four years of cybersecurity experience? 
you know, and, and, and I think that that's one of the things we do. But we also give them opportunity to grow and learn. And, and uh, in fact, a lot of the processes in our SOC have been automated by the students. You know, and, and of course, you know, the other uh, aspect of it is we, we do tell them right up front their primary responsibility is earning that diploma. Um, I don't want working for the SOC to get in the way of that. But it also, I find out that it actually complements it. So the student who's in a, in a programming uh, curriculum gets to do a little extra work and, and learn more. Um, and that's a great thing. We had uh, one of our uh, students was a legal studies major. Uh, and he worked in all of the teams because he's now working for one of those uh, wonderful consulting firms because he had a very wide breadth of experience in cybersecurity. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we are growing that pipeline, uh, maybe not in leaps and bounds like some of the universities that have the full-blown program, but we're contributing. You know, I think it's important to share that, um, you know, higher education is often thought of as, uh, oh, you're just teaching. That, that doesn't require a whole lot of extra security, but it does. I would, I would challenge um, somebody who said that a, a research university, higher ed, CISO, is um, you know, not dealing with hard problems. I'm dealing with diversity every single day. Use cases are so diverse. Um, the academy is so diverse. Our user is, uh, you know, the average user is, is a, a portrait in, in diversity of of background experience, ability, and and understanding of security issues. Um, our leadership are extremely diverse in in their thought processes, but we've been able to to use that diversity as a strength. And and I think that um, you know when we talk about diversity in its truest sense, we have the input, we have the the ears, and we have the you know, the, the resources made available to us to do the right work. And, and you know, honestly, um, yeah, this is my first CISO job, but I would say that it is probably one of the best. Our thanks to Bob Turner from the University of Wisconsin-Madison for joining us. Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Futures Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web, Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast production team includes coordinating producer Caitlin Mattingly, executive producer Greg Barrett. The show is produced by The Cyberwire with executive editor Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.